Hey guys, it's Rocky with Anchor the Soul, and I would just like to bring a quick uh, message real fast because I'm sitting here and I'm studying the word, and man, it was just like this, this lesson hit strong, and I feel like, you know what, somebody needs to hear this now. So I don't want to put it off, and I don't want to put off a blessing that maybe somebody's going to hear when they hear this message, but we're going to read out of Isaiah 65. And I'm, I'm going to read quite a bit of Isaiah 65 here, but it starts out, it says, I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am to a nation that was not called by my name. I spread out my hands all the day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices. A people who provoke me to my face continually, sacrificing in gardens and making offerings on bricks, who sit in tombs and they spend the night in secret places, who eat pig's flesh and broth of tainted meat is in their vessels, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me for I am too holy for you. These are a smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all the day. Behold, it is written before me, I will not keep silent, but I will repay. I will indeed repay into their lap both your iniquities and your father's iniquities together, says the Lord, because they made offerings on the mountains and assaulted me on the hills. I will measure into their lap payment for their former deeds. Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and they say, do not destroy it, for there is a blessing in it. I will do for my servants' sake and not destroy them all. I will bring forth offspring from Jacob and from Judah, possessors of my mountains. My chosen shall possess it, and my servants shall dwell there. Sharon shall become a pasture for flocks, and the valley of Acre a place for herds to lie down. For my people who have sought me, but you who forsake the Lord, who forget my holy mountain, who set a table for fortune and fill cups of mixed wine for destiny, I will destine you to the sword and all of you shall bow down to the slaughter because when I called, you did not answer. When I spoke, you did not listen. But you did what was evil in my eyes and chose what I did not delight in. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, my servant shall eat, but you shall be hungry. Behold, my servant shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servant shall rejoice, but you shall be put to shame. Behold, my servant shall sing for gladness of heart, but you shall cry out for pain of heart and shall wail for breaking of spirit. You shall leave your name to my chosen for a curse. And the Lord God will put you to death, but his servants he will call by another name so that he who blesses himself in the land shall bless himself by the God of truth. And he takes an oath in the land, and he who takes an oath in the land shall swear by the God of truth, because the former troubles are forgotten and are hidden from my eyes. Okay, so as I'm reading this, I, I, I mean, what I notice here is that we see both judgment and salvation. And it starts off, I mean, God is really showing us, listen, I, I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask for me. This is God showing us, listen, we are, you know, outside of the Jewish, we are Gentiles. We are outside of the 
of Israel. We're outside of his so chosen people, the chosen nation. We are Gentiles. So God comes to sought after us who are Gentiles. This is how we can look at this to make this for us. He sought after us who are Gentiles, and many people will not accept him. And it says, for those who did not ask for me, I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that was not called by my name. He's calling out to us, wanting us to find him, wanting us to live for him, wanting us to love him. And he says, I spread out my hands all day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good. And if we don't see that in the country of the USA right now, I don't know where you've been looking because we are in this time of rebellion. We're in this time of mocking God. We're in this time of trying to do everything ourselves. We have truly become lovers of ourselves. We've truly got into this area where we have tried to take God out of everything. And I say we because we are still here in the United States. And being a United States citizen, we are grouped into this. It is we. Even the Christians, we are part of this nation, and we as a nation have taken God out of things. We as a nation have gotten away from the Bible, have gotten away from the church. You see more and more every single day, every single week, there are less people going to church. There are less people wanting to know what the Word of God says. There are less people knowing what true salvation is. You see church after church just preaching prosperity, preaching falsehood. They're not bringing the truth of the gospel out anymore. We're not seeing this happen so much anymore. So where did it go wrong? And I believe that this can reflect to us entirely because we are a rebellious nation. We have gotten away from God. Now, when you continue in this, it says that they follow their own devices. That is us right now as a nation following our own devices following our own teachings, following what we see the Word of God to be. The Bible specifically says that the Bible is not meant for personal interpretation. So when you take a personal interpretation and you make the Bible mean what you want it to mean, you're getting out of the Word of God and getting into the Word of your mind or the Word of your teacher's mind. We have to stay in the Word of God and keep God's heart at the base of it. And it says, the people who provoke me to my face continually, that's where we're at, provoking God. We see we see people just supporting all the sin. And I'll be bold enough to point some of them out. The LGBTQ, yes, it's a sin, but you know, so is lying, so is stealing, so is murder. I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody else, but when we begin to promote sin and begin to say that it's okay. We fall into an issue. We fall into this trap of getting away from the Word of God, getting away from the heart of God, and we're going back to our own devices. We're provoking God. We're, everything that used to be good is now evil. Everything that used to be evil is now good. And it's also about sacrificing in gardens, in gardens, making burnt offerings on bricks. They sit in tombs and spend the night in secret places. It's just over and over again, just showing this is the anger of God is building up. He's saying everything that, that he doesn't agree with, seeing all these things that are making him angry. And then getting to verse 5, it says, They say, they keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am too holy for you. And if we don't see that right now, you see people who are trying to take care of their own issues. And when, when God tries to show them or when a Christian, the true Christian tries to show them, they say, well, I want to take care of it myself first. 
This is something that I need to deal with. And what you're saying when you do that is you're telling God I'm too holy for you. And that's the dumbest thing that you could possibly say. People think that they're being smart. They think when they go to God and say, listen, I know what I'm doing. I know a good plan. I'm following the structure. You're being stupid is what you're doing. You're being dumb. Because God created you, he created you with a purpose, and whatever purpose he created you for, he already gave you the characteristics. He already put you in the right uh, geometric place. He put you geographically where you need to be. He put you exactly where you need to be, made you exactly how you need to be. Everything about you and everything around you is just how God wanted it. He done it for a reason. And when you start saying that your plan is better, you're saying, God, I'm too holy for you. My plans are better than yours. My ways are brighter than yours. You are being dumb. It's the dumbest thing that you could do. So when they say, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am too holy for you, this is you. When you start saying, I don't want to pray because I think I've got to figure it out, you're telling God you're too holy for him. This is you, that you're in that category. When you get out of the word and the will of God, you fall into this category of saying, my ways are better. And he says that these are a smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all the day. This is continually just raising up the anger of God. He ends up saying, Behold, it is written before me, I will not keep silent, but I will repay. I will indeed repay into their lap both your iniquities and your father's iniquities together. Now, when it says I will repay, this should scare you. This is not something to mess around with. This is not something to flirt with. The wrath of God is fearful. This is why the Bible tells us to fear God, fear his wrath. And not only, you know, it it goes deeper and it says both your iniquities and your father's iniquities together. Why does it say this? Because our God is merciful. Our God is graceful. But at, at some point in time, he's going to grow tired of dealing with the evil and the wickedness just like we've seen over in the you know when when he floods the earth and he tells noah and he did to build an ark put your family on that ark get all these animals put them on the ark he had had enough and when the anger builds up and it keeps building up here's where we're at god's anger is coming against us and it's just getting worse and worse and worse and because he's so graceful and so full of mercy he's allowed this to happen but when the wrath comes out it's not only the the wrath that you've caused to god but it's the wrath that your fathers have caused to god it's the wrath that your grandfathers have caused to god because he's been merciful enough to not destroy us yet but when his wrath comes out You're going to feel the wrath of that. And that's why we should fear that wrath. We need to be praying. We need to be truly going to his word, really trying to get to know who he is and get in the right place. And when he begins to talk about the the iniquities of the fathers, he begins to tell about the things that they done. He said, they made offerings on the mountains. They insulted me on the hills. And I will measure into the lap payment for their former deeds. It says, thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and they say, do not destroy it, for there's a blessing in it, so I will do for my servants' sake and not destroy them all. I will bring forth offspring from Jacob, 
And from Judah, possessors of my mountains, my chosen shall possess it. This goes right back to the same idea of Noah and the ark and his family. See, God destroyed the rest of the earth with a flood, but he did not destroy everything for he allowed Noah and his family and the animals to survive. But they had to heed to his warning. They had to listen to what he was saying. Had they not listened, they all would have perished. Every animal would have died. Every human would have died. And it would be complete disaster. But he went to Noah. He found favor. Noah found favor in the eyes of God. So he goes to Noah and he gives him the opportunity. And this is what he's saying here. He says there's going to be those who say do not destroy it because there's a blessing in it. They see God in everything. They see that God's there. They see that God wants us to know him. And he'll do it for his servant's sake. He'll destroy everything except just a little, just enough that he's glorified. And he says, I bring forth offspring from Jacob and from Judah, possessors of my mountains, and my chosen shall possess it. Only the chosen people of God, only those who are out for him, the ones that want to honor him, are going to possess these things. He says, my servant shall dwell there. Sharon shall become a pasture for flocks in the valley of Acre, a place for herds to lie down for my people who have sought me. But you who forsake the Lord and forget my holy mountain, who set a table for fortune and fill cups of mixed wine for destiny, I will destine you to the sword. He'll destine you to death. When you have set things up for your own benefit, not for the benefit of God, not for the benefit of his kingdom, but for the benefit of you and your pocket and your church or whatever it is, you will be subject to the sword. And that's where God will send you. He said that, He'll destine you to the sword, and all of you shall bow down to the slaughter, meaning there's no way out of it. You will bow down to the slaughter. You will not escape from it. It will happen because when I called, you did not answer. When I spoke, you did not listen, but you did what was evil in my eyes and chose what I did not delight in. It's not because God's evil. People want to try to say that. It's because you chose evil you chose darkness rather than the light we just read about this in the past uh, lesson that we've done the people chose darkness rather than the light because they don't want to honor god they don't want to serve god because they're too into their own heads they're too into their own ways following their own ambitions following their own ideas that they'll stay away from god you made the choice if you die and go to hell it's because of the choices that you made you had the opportunity to know who jesus christ is to know his love and you chose not to do it verse 13 says therefore thus says the lord god behold my servant shall eat but you shall be hungry behold my servant shall drink but you shall be thirsty behold my servant shall rejoice but you shall be put to shame behold my servant shall sing for gladness of heart but you shall cry out for pain of heart and shall wail for a breaking of spirit see it doesn't stop at the death you're going to notice when you get to hell the eternal separation from God. You will be crying out for God. You'll know that the people that chose God are up there rejoicing with him. They're up there having gladness and singing praises to God while you're weeping, you're gnashing your teeth, you're in this utter hell because that's what it is. It's an utter hell. 
And when you're there, you're going to remember what you could have had, but you spent so much time rejecting him, being against him, talking falsely about him. And he says in verse 15, you shall leave your name to my chosen for a curse and the Lord God will put you to death, but his servants he will call by another name. See, when you are so full of yourself, this is why the Bible tells us to deny yourself. This is why people begin to go by different names in the Bible, because their old self was put aside. Their old self was gone. It, they were made new. The Bible says we need a renewing of our mind, renewing of our heart, renewing of our faith. There must be full renewing, and that has to happen or you're not going to follow the ways of God. You're not going to follow the words of God. You're going to stay true to yourself and not true to God. You can't serve both. You must choose one. So deny yourself. Then you pick up your cross. Then you follow Jesus. So when he says, leave your name to my chosen for a curse, and the Lord God will put you to death, but his servants he will call by another name. He'll call them by another name because they've forgotten themselves and they're going to become who God made them to be. They'll identify with who God made them to be. It says in verse 16, So that he who blesses himself in the land shall bless himself by the God of truth, and he who takes an oath in the land shall swear by the God of truth. It goes back to God. It's for the indwelling of God. It's for the glorification of God. It says, Because the former troubles are forgotten and, they're hidden, and are hidden from my eyes. We talked about the, the iniquities of the Father. Listen, when you give everything to God, not only will those things that you've done that make God angry be forgotten, but the things that your family done, all that wrath is not coming down on you anymore. You have gotten away from that, but only if you have given your life to God. See, we, we read this story of judgment and of mercy, of judgment and salvation. See, you, you can understand here, this is how God views our life. You may think you're a good person. You're not a good person. Everything you've done has just caused wrath to build up with God. And, and, and the things that your father's done, the things that your grandfather's done, have built wrath up in God. And they will come out on you unless you give your life to God, repent, and go by a new identity. You must deny yourself, deny who you were, and become who God has created you to be. I'm going to pray, and I hope to goodness somebody hears this message and knows, hey, that's me. And if that's you, if that's you, you say, you know what? That is me. I know that I'm causing wrath to God. I know that what I'm doing is making him angry. Listen, it can be fixed very simply and very easily. It's simple and easy. You go to God. You ask for forgiveness. So we go to God and we say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've made you angry. I know that wrath will come down on me if I do not repent for my wicked ways, repent for who I am, turn away from who I am, and become who you want me to be. So Lord, I ask that you will forgive me for anything and everything that I've done to make you angry, for anything and everything I've done to blaspheme your name, for anything and everything that I've done to cause any division between me and you. Lord, I want to grow closer to you. I want to know you better. And I ask that you would help that to happen. I ask that you would tear the veil, that you would tear down the division, and that you would make us closer. Help me to understand your word. Help me to understand what you desire from me. 
And God, most importantly, help me to understand salvation and what it means. Lord, we love you. We thank you and we trust you. And all these things we ask in Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen.